Happy Friday to you. We have reached the end of the week, and that means tomorrow we have a Michigan basketball game. It's Saturday. I want it to be a Michigan football game. But I'll take what I can get. I know. I just like football better than basketball. Football is what I love more. Anyway, Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire, through USA Today Sports Media Group. Um, cold opens in this are getting really weird, by the way. I don't plan them. I just kind of start talking. It's like Michael Scott. Uh, sometimes I just start saying things, and I don't really have a plan. Uh, I do have a plan for today for the program. Uh, number one, uh, we uh, we put up a story yesterday on Wolverine's Wear based off of what Josh Gaddis went and told John Jansen on the In the Trenches podcast. And it kind of contradicts a lot of the stuff that I said earlier uh, yesterday in the uh, Q&A. So we are going to get into that. Uh, I'm sure most of you have read uh, what we put out there. But just in case, we're going to talk about it. We're going to go quote by quote what it means, what I think about it, and uh, how things might evolve from that. Uh, number two, Michigan makes their uh, hire of Sean at Nua official. So the staff is essentially complete, save for a couple little things. We're going to get into that. What it looks like, where it got better, where it maybe got worse. And uh, even though things got worse, I think that there's areas where it's like, all right, there's still areas of opportunity there. So we'll get into all of that in a moment. And then finally, uh, in case you missed it, Urban Meyer supposedly is in the final talks with Fox to become an analyst. I want to talk about that, of course. But first, Josh Gaddis, uh, man of the hour. Can't stop talking about this guy. Uh, very excited about everything that he is bringing to Ann Arbor. Uh, and even though I had been saying, like, hey, listen, it's not going to be an overhaul. It is not going to be an overhaul. This is going to be a Michigan offense with Gaddis sprinkled in and whatever. And Josh Gaddis goes and appears on the In the Trenches podcast with uh, John Jansen and proves me wrong very fast. And I'm fine with that, you know? Like, I, like I've said before, that was a lot of speculation about what it would be, what, you know, what we've seen happen. So here's what he said. I'm pretty confident in the fingerprint we're going to leave. We're going to do it together. This isn't going to be about Josh Gaddis's offense. This is going to be about Michigan's offense. The best teams I've been around are player-led teams. They're player-driven. This is going to be a fun, exciting brand. Obviously, the fingerprint you saw at University of Alabama and what we were able to do incorporating some of the RPOs and some of the spread system, you're going to see a lot of that show up here at the University of Michigan. All right. Well, Michigan had a little tiny bit of that. Definitely some of the spread, less of the RPO. And he says, but it's going to be about the buy-in of our guys. It's going to be a total new offense. There's going to be some carryover as far as terminology, maybe, or concepts. Football is football, but it's going to be our job as the offensive staff here at the University of Michigan to make sure to put our best skill players in the best position to be successful. We're going to be great teachers. We're going to be great developers. We're also going to be going to put our players in the best position to be successful, and that's something we're going to take tremendous pride on as an offensive staff. So that should tell you at least the initial, what have you. 
offense is going to be different. It's going to be a total new offense. That in and of itself is exciting. Now, that doesn't mean you scrap everything. Even when you say it's a total new offense, he's going to look at the film and say, like, you know, he's going to find things that's like, all right, what do we do well? What do we already do well? Right? That's what, any, you know, anyone's going to do. You know, especially if it is player-driven, player-led. But that means that he's going to try to scheme to get guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones the ball. Nico Collins, Tariq Black, Ronnie Bell. Get Chris Evans the ball in space. Not just like, hey, Chris Evans, we want you to run in between the tackles. Get, you know, and then you, you still have your Zach Charbonnet, for instance, who should be more of your run-between-the-tackles type running back. But that could also mean doing things like, for all of the, the negative talk about Sean McCune, which I don't like, by the way, I think he is very good. Uh, last year, he didn't have his best year as far as catching the ball. But the year before, he was put in more of a position to succeed because he was a quick check down. And it seemed like they, he kind of wasn't there as that check down a lot of the times. Some of the times he was and he didn't catch the ball. But nonetheless, for instance, being able to recognize that you have a guy like McCune where that could be his strength. You have, you could, like, for all the people that are like, I don't want to see a 12 personnel set, right? Or whatever. Like, you don't understand, it can be such a massive mismatch to have a guy like McCune and Eubanks in, because Eubanks is your deep threat, McCune can be your check down, and then on the, at the same time, you can still have, you know, with those two tight ends, you can still have two receivers, right? You can still have, um, you, you can still have, like, Peoples, Jones, Nico, or whatever, and then you still have whoever's in your backfield, and they can also be a check down in a different way. There's endless possibilities with what they can do with the types of sets that they've run already. But that doesn't mean I expect it. I'm just saying that now, you know, he might look at a guy like McCune and say, like, listen, we can get you the ball here. We can do it this way. Uh, as far as how long it will take, what it will look like, all of that kind of stuff, because we've been accustomed to it here in Ann Arbor, Rich Rod very stubborn. We're going to do the spread even though we don't have the personnel to do it. Three and nine. Brady Hoke comes in and says, you know what? We're going to run what they were running because we've they've got uh, got Denard Robinson. we got to make sure we put him in a position to succeed. But they forget that to put Devin Gardner, friend of the show, in a position to succeed. Uh, so you saw the trajectory there. On the other hand, Gaddis looks at what Michigan has, Shea Patterson, all those playmakers I already mentioned. And he says, all the pieces are here. I'm excited about what we have, the depth we have at the O-line position, and the depth that we have at tight end. There's what I said about the tight end part. Obviously, our quarterback position, our quarterback room is very talented. And also, we have good skill in our running backs and our receivers. I truly believe we have all the pieces we need to put this puzzle together. It's going to be a group deal. It's going to be a group effort. It's going to come with some hard work and some belief and some trust in this offensive coaching staff and the plan that we're going to put in place for them. But ultimately, we're going to make sure we put these kids in the best position to be successful. If we could do that, we're going to put Michigan in the best position to win. That is our ultimate goal. So uh, part of that and part of the quote that's not in there that came earlier was him talking about how 
he's going to be a tough coach. He's like, he's, you know, he got tough love. He's going to, he gives tough love. The buy-in might feel difficult at first until they understand the plan. He's very detailed, specific, very nuanced. And part of that comes from the fact that he came from the defensive side of the ball and fell in love with the offensive side of the ball when he was asked to coach on that part. So that also really is all good. You know, you don't, we already have all the pieces. We don't need to go out and it's not going to be a, uh, you know, when Harbaugh gets his quarterback, you know, when Harbaugh gets his running back, granted, this is the first time Harbaugh is getting that running back that I think is actually the kind of running back he's been trying to get forever. Right. That's not a knock on the staff either. As far as recruiting, I mean, I, I saw an argument with a fan and Brandon Justice about Jay Harbaugh. Jay Harbaugh has done an excellent job recruiting, so that is kind of ridiculous. And you can't really help it when Najee Harris is, you know, he told he told several people he was coming to Michigan. I mean, it was it was happening. Anyway, that's a different story. That Najee Harris story is. For all the people who want to, I know I'm digressing, but for all the people who were like, he was never coming. No, he was super coming. I remember a close source uh, to Michigan had, had alerted me back when I went and visited Najee for the uh, for those satellite camps. They're like, what you don't understand is that Najee never committed actually to Alabama. Alabama was like, can we say you're committed? And he's like, yeah, I guess everybody off my back and went from there. And Michigan led throughout most of the process. Anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't want to reopen that wound too far, but I mean, Najee was having second thoughts, even as he was getting on a plane to go to Birmingham. Anyway, um, Last quote, the way I'll describe if it's going to be our offense is going to be adaptable based on our personnel. That's what we're going to be. We're going to be personnel driven. By the springtime, as we install the off overall offense, we're going to have the ability to be spread. We're going to have the ability to line up and play big boy football. He said, by the springtime. Hmm. Obviously, we're going to put answers on everything to allow our kids to be successful. But if we've got multiple wide receivers, we're going to find a way, as most people have heard me, to get our speed in space. If we've got tight ends that step up and those guys can create mismatches in the run game, as as far as also in the past game, we're going to be playing in 12 personnel. Like I just said, one running back, two tight ends. So we're going to have the ability to do everything. We're not going to be just single-minded and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to force our players to do one thing. The neat thing about our offense is I'm bringing flexibility among the offense. That's one of the things that a lot of people saw this past year at the University of Alabama, how well we used our talent. And really, when you look at my track record over the past few years, it's how well we spread the ball around, how much diversity we have on the offensive side. I think that's what you mean when you say you're balanced. It's not so much, hey, we're going to be 50-50 run, but we're going to be balanced and run when we need to run. We're going to need to throw when we need to throw. We're going to be balanced in the number of touches that we distribute among our playmakers because ultimately, if we can get our best playmakers ball, we're going to be in a position to be successful. A ton to unpack there. Number one, we're not going to be 50-50 run. That is exactly what Michigan tried to be this last year. Based off of like Ed Warner coming out and said, How many how many yards do we have passing? How many yards do we have rushing on the year? And it was within like fifty yards of, of each other and he's like balance. 
Like, you know, they kept on touting that, how balanced they were as far as they're running the ball and throwing the ball about the same. Now, if you look at Alabama, they threw the ball for about 5,000 yards and ran the ball for 3,000. Both metrics are higher than what Michigan did. I think you'll take that kind of balance and have balance be, hey, we threw the ball to 18 different people in you know this year. That's more the balance that they're looking for. Uh, there's a quote in there that didn't make it into my copy, but uh, let me see if I can find it real fast. Has to do with uh, it has to do a little bit with that, I believe. About like just the run, because he did say maybe maybe it was from the other podcast. Might have been from uh, the WTKA. Uh, well, not WTKA. Sorry, I was saying the Michigan Insider because it's thinking of Ira from the attack each day. Might have been from that, but he uh, he did talk about r- wanting to make sure that they you know that they are essentially a run first team still. So that seems to still be in the cards. It's just a matter of how does it work out? And I think soon you'll see them be pass first, even if that's the initial intention. Uh, Because like he said, whole new offense, get the playmakers, the ball, speed and space, all of that stuff. Uh, It is, uh, it's definitely an exciting situation when you look at everything that he has that he's saying there. Uh, I mean, even to the point where he says, like, you know, if we have, have tight ends that can step up and create mismatches in the run game and also in the pass game, then guess what? 12 personnel. Because, like, I just mentioned the Sean McCune, Nick Eubanks, and I'm not even including Mustafa Muhammad, Luke Schumacher, Carter Selzer, a bunch of other guys that are there. Luke Schumacher, by the way, look out for that guy. I know, like, Mustafa Muhammad is the guy everyone has been more excited about, and he's does look so much different than when I first interviewed him in 2016. Uh, but Luke Schoenmacher already looks like a senior as far as body type. I think that you're going to see some guys come in and do some stuff. Um, anyway, that's all the time we really have for that. We need to get into the, uh, into the next segment. But guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt in it than seeing a doctor. I'm guilty of it myself. Uh, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com locked, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go online and get checked by the doctor. Erectile dysfunctioning is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really easy. So go and take care of it. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash locked. That's GetRoman.com slash locked for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash locked. Coming up next, staff complete. What does it mean? March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. 
From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, so the staff essentially complete now with the hire of Sean Nua coach the defensive line. So it's funny. This is why, by the way, I don't really like like some of the questions that's like, you know you're not going to get an answer from Jim Harbaugh. And someone asked him right after the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. They said, what do you, uh, you know, do you, you anticipate any staff changes? And he's like, no. And then people flip out. Like, like I said, like, I didn't write anything on that because it was like, he doesn't know or hasn't thought about it yet or knows and isn't going to say anything. Like, he's just, there's a million different things there. And now look at how different everything is, right? You've got three brand new coaches, for sure, in Josh Gaddis, Anthony Campanelli, and uh, Sean Nua. You, you saw... Longtime assistant Greg Madison go to Ohio State, which it still kind of just doesn't sit right with me. Like I just saw, I'm sure many of you saw the picture of him at West Bloomfield with Ryan Day and Ron Bellamy. Ron Bellamy, like inside, like, you know, as a former Michigan receiver, he's got to be like sitting there being like, I can't believe I'm sitting here like this. I know a lot of that goes out the window when you coach, probably the same way as like when when you get to be in like a media position like me, it's like, you don't not that this isn't same for across the board. There's certainly media people that are like definitely fan people. Um, but I don't treat Michigan the same way I used to as a fan, right? Like I don't, Michigan loses. I'm not as I'm not despondent the way I was before because I have to work, right? You see things a little bit more even keel, which is fine. Right. Um, but like, you know, when I was just a fan or I was a student at Michigan, obviously it's like you're, you're, they lose and it ruins your week. I just wonder if Ron Bellamy has a little bit of like, still just like, cause there's still a little bit of that in me, right? Like it, not that it ruins my week or anything, but there's still a little something in there in that sense. Like it, I'm not made of stone, uh, but I just wonder if Ron Bellamy has a little bit of that. Like, he's got his arm around him, and he's just sitting there, you mother... You know. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, when you look at the staff, how it's been rebuilt, uh, they, they you know, Madison's gone. Al Washington, uh, obviously, also went to Ohio State. And, uh, but then you have the... Uh, Jim McElwain's gone as well. Uh, head coach of Central Michigan. Uh, I know he's been gone for a little while. And then big question mark on Pep Hamilton. So you might have a fourth staff addition from internal, but you don't know for sure yet. Uh, so let's let's go to, you know, up and down here. Obviously, offensively, we just talked about why Gaddis is a massive improvement. Why the offense, like, if, hey, if the Michigan offense can do what Alabama's offense did and go from being, like, 40th to 6th, I mean, Michigan isn't that high, but let's imagine that it can go from, you know, to be a top 10 offense to go along with a top 10 defense. 
assuming the defense can be at the high level, then wow, right? That's what Michigan needs to get over the hump. Um, Let's play hypothetical because they did send Ben McDaniels on the road. And I haven't seen anything from Pep. That doesn't mean Pep wasn't on the road, but we haven't seen anything from Pep. But you would almost assume if they're going to send Ben Daniels on the road, they're not going to be like, all right, back to offensive analyst, you. Like, that feels like they're probably intending on him being a permanent guy. Still, like Jim Harbaugh said, going to the Peach Bowl. Now, McDaniels, very good. Former offensive coordinator at Rutgers. But it's going to be one of those wait and see. Will he? Will will it be the same, worse, better? I would say because of who he's got in his room, he doesn't have to do much to like, you know, to really screw it up. Um, I think I have that said wrong, but you know what? I you get what I'm saying. He'd have to do a lot to screw it up, rather. So, I'll call that a push from McElwain to McDaniel's. Obviously, McDaniels has coaching in his family and his pedigree. McIlwain was a national championship winning dude as an offensive coordinator, head coach multiple places. That kind of, to me, gets a little bit of a benefit of the doubt situation. Um, So that's the offensive side of the ball. Where things really have changed is the defensive side of the ball. So no matter which way I put it, Sean Nua is a downgrade from Greg Madison at this juncture because Greg Madison was stellar at his job. But when you look at Arizona State, and I have no great metrics to say, like, here's how the defensive line did. I guess save for, you know, sacks, tackles for loss, maybe the run game. And I didn't even really look at the how, how they defended the run. But uh, I know in in sacks, they went down a little bit, but we're still an upper third team. Tackles for loss, they had like three tackles for loss less than Michigan. Rushing defense, not great. 74th in the country. What What was Arizona State the year before? 78th in the country. So, no discernible change. Really. So, no matter which way I put it, he is a downgrade from Greg Madison. So, unfortunately, that's the case. Anthony Campanelli, we don't know where he's going to be coaching yet. I'm sure they're still figuring that out. Because you, you figure Don Brown is essentially the linebacker's coach. At least he's the middle linebacker's coach. Cabinelli, I would imagine, would then be a linebacker's coach. He's done that before. And you're really bringing him on kind of more as a recruiter type, as well as an X and O's guy. It's very similar to Al Washington, except for Campanelli has a slightly better track record than Al Washington, in my opinion. And he was co-defensive coordinator. You're getting him to come down to linebacker's coach. Al Washington went lateral to lateral, right? Lateral from... Boston College to Michigan, well, Boston College, Cincinnati, Michigan, rather, Ohio State. So, you look at that and you figure, okay, you're probably 
you're probably making a slight upgrade in Campanelli. But it's hard to tell because they're both really young guys, haven't really proven themselves in that light yet. Campanelli does seem like he is further along, though, in my opinion. Um. So, yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's it, right? It's all four. Wow, it feels like we should have more there. So, ultimately, it feels like Michigan got mostly better. The only place where maybe it downgraded itself was the defensive line. But we'll have to see how that goes, right? Like, who knows, like, what Nua brings to the table, you know, and that's... But everywhere else, it looks like, all right, Michigan got better. Or it stayed about the same, right? The McDaniels, McIlwain, that feels like, all right, maybe they stayed about the same there. Gaddis, they got better. Campanelli, they got a little bit better. But we'll see. Uh, we got to hurry up and get through this and uh, finish out. Is your company looking new for a new way to reach customers? Or is your company looking for uh, me to stammer over a bunch of words? Either way, your company could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts. Our demographic is 98% male and has more education and earns more than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this here podcast. Email me at LockdownWolverines at gmail.com. All right, so I gave myself, like, three minutes to talk about this, which is fine. I don't need a lot of time to talk about this because we're just going to make... Everyone's just going to get all worked up, right? Everyone's just going to be like... Because it's, it's the same thing playing out over and over again, but I kind of love it in this sense because it's history repeating itself. And we were told history could not repeat itself. Urban Meyer, in, in final negotiations with Fox Sports to come on, as some sort of uh, football analyst type on their network. Amazing. Because remember how many times Ohio State people said, no, he's he's done. It's like, this is real this time. And Florida people are like, oh, yeah, we remember this. We remember this exactly. We saw this play out. Have fun, USC, with him next year. And Ohio State, no, you don't understand. He's a son of Ohio. It's like I've always been saying. I've been saying this since, like, he took over, but it's like, Urban Meyer's basically, like, yeah, it's just a, uh, it's a great pleasure to be here coaching at my dream job of Ohio State University. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like a, it's a, he's looking at the back of the guitar to see what town he's in to say, like, yeah, we love it here in Springfield. Yes, of course, I want Simpsons reference with that. But. It's like, all right, I've got massive issues, health issues. I need to retire and I'm not, you know, I'm, and whatever. I'm going to go and and I'm going to sit back and travel all over the place and continue doing football things. It's the exact same script of what played out in Florida. The only difference was he left Ohio State in a better position than he found it. He did not leave Florida in a better position than he found it. But I think... I, I, as far as the the product on the field, I should say, Ohio State with all the Zach Smith stuff, yeah, he had to go. He was going to go. He didn't want to deal with that firestorm. He's going to go and do a year re rehabilitation tour. He's probably going to try to get as, you know, hone in on whatever job he wants, whether that be USC, it could be Notre Dame if that job opens up, which is his actual dream job, by the way. And he's going to sit there and try to scout out what his, you know, opponents are and 
He's going to go there. And I think it's ridiculous to people say like, well, he, he wouldn't lie, but it's like, that's all the dude does. Listen, I stuck up for Urban Meyer for years and years because I thought that a lot of the hate was just purely based off of the animus because he was at a rival. I just thought he was bland. I, I, I've always likened him to being kind of like having a CPA, no offense to the CPAs out there, but having a CPA out there coaching a football team. Like he looks more like he's going to be doing, you know, should be doing everyone's taxes more so than coaching a football team. And he acts like it too is kind of the point. And, uh, but behind that is that facade is a kind of a snivelly, really honestly, just like a, a terrible person, which is not, I'm not saying that because he was at Ohio State. I'm saying that because of his actions. By all accounts, Ryan Day looks like he's a great dude, right? Like, it, he's one of those guys, just like uh, Chris Holtman on the basketball side. Have a hard time rooting against him. So we will see, but I definitely I definitely think Urban's making his move to do everything that everyone thinks he's gonna do, except for Ohio State fans. So really looking forward to that happening. Um I kind of actually want him to be in the booth for a Michigan game just for the chaos. Because that would be kind of hilarious. As long as he is no longer an associate AD at Ohio State to just go ahead and pass along whatever he finds out about Michigan to Ryan Day. Because then you got problems. But I'm sure he would anyway. For the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at on Wolverines or Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at LockdownWolverines at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or online at WolverinesWire.com, where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.